What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship Three Fat Nerds Podcast, better known as 3FN. And of course, we are coming to you as we do each and every week from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and I am joined by my esteemed colleagues and friends, compadres, cohorts, whatever you would like to call them. First off, he is the man who took care of more white powder this past weekend than Chevy Chase. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. What's happening? And ladies and gentlemen, the other person, he doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. He's definitely making up for something. I saw that hand gesture. Of course, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the leader of the Minnows Gang. And he's your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. I really need to make a minnow hideout. You should. <laughs> Although I did change the Patreon tier to now Diesel's Minnows game. Nice. <laughs> so it is, it's, it's on point because we started calling it Minnows, so we might as well have Diesel's. I was just going to name it Minnows, and I'm like, eh, people might not understand that don't listen to the Patreon or the show long enough. So Diesel's mm-hmm. Minnows game explains it a little more. Anyways, uh, I, I do want to point out some peek behind the curtain here that definitely has to be pointed out. Why is it that every fucking Monday when we are here and the shop is closed, the phone rings like a ton of Oh, time. I know. Gotta ask about Pokemon cards. Uh, probably the same yeah. guy. He's probably your favorite guy about the Pokemon oh. cards. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, everyone knows that the shop is closed, unless it's like the warranty scams or something like that coming through. But usually it's not. They just have people call constantly. Yeah, it's just weird to me. Just every fucking Monday. And the shows, that's why we do the shows on Mondays, for the most part. I mean, we do shows on other days. Yeah. That's fine in the studio. But, yeah, because it's closed. Like, we, we get free reign. But, anyways, it's, it's crazy. Well, sometimes you need your fix. And, hey, you got that brilliant stars in. Oh, so I can, I can buy them for you from 100 and sell them for 200 oh. on the internets. He's probably real pissed that they didn't go past 185 from what I saw. Yeah. So he didn't get as much of a profit off of those as he would like. Oh, he ain't getting another profit off of the store as long as I'm around. <laughs> I told you. We're going to buy all the fucking oh. Pokemon cards and sell them ourselves. <laughs> sell them right out of the shop. We're still going to sell them out of the shop, but we get to pick the prices. <sighs> We get to pick the prices. And we ain't price gouging, only for certain people. Yes, we'll price gouge for the young kids and then and people we like. Everybody else, man, you'll, you'll pay the cheaper price in this area, yeah. but you won't pay you won't pay us the, the whole price. That's for damn sure. Anyways, with that being said, though, uh, Ronald, how has been your week? It's been a long week uh, between Parade Day last weekend and everything that's happened in the last week. I am at 31 and a half hours overtime. And probably could have cleared 40 hours overtime if I went back into work Saturday. <laughs> but I didn't because I was tired. And you didn't wake up. Yeah, I felt It's sick. okay. But uh, because we missed Wednesday's group and we can't play this Wednesday, we met last night and played Sunday night and beyond Witchlight. And it's, you know, we finally got into the Fey world. So we did the whole uh, carnival side of the things. And it was pretty fun. It was interesting. It was a nice little twist because you didn't start out going in like oh we're going on this adventure to start hacking and slashing and you could technically in the game work your way through of not attacking anybody 
and we did pretty good, but it didn't happen until yeah. once the one character finally found us and decided to start stealing our stuff. We went into murder hobo mode, and he whooped our ass. Not gonna lie, he's <laughs> <laughs> definitely way more powerful than we are, but we still tried. But it was fun. It's it's a nice little campaign, a nice little twist. Uh, it doesn't, you know, you know, it's only up until level eight. Okay. So you're only one through eight on this one. It's we'll see how it plays out. Um, it's one of those campaigns that if you don't want to, if you don't want, uh, if you want a character that you want like higher end stuff, this isn't the campaign for it. So like, just pick something just to try something new, kind of an idea. Uh, you know, so I'm I picked I got the dwarf fighter, so I'm doing a dwarf fighter two handed fighting with hand axes because why not? Let's try it. And it, it, it's fun so far. Worst case like scenario, it. you can pick up juggling and uh, join the circus. Yeah, I did. I did take singing lessons. There you go. I did. I did win a custard eating contest. Ooh, the sounds that must have sounded like. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely for the dwarf, but I did win, so you know it got there. And we also we did one other thing. Oh, we did a performance for other people at the carnival. So, colored your eyes and suck out of a hose, huh? Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> it was it was pretty fun. So, but that's it. Right on, right on. Diesel, how's the week? Not too bad. Didn't really do too much. Uh, had to go do adulting, and I finally had to retire my Legend of Zelda wallet. And oh. I couldn't find a suitable replacement, so I actually had to get an adult wallet. Yeah. Oh, boo. Yeah, that kind of sucked. Um, besides that, really not much. It's uh, I started, we wanted to play uh, Legacy Wednesday, but we had another snowstorm, so that went out the window. So wound up coming down to Dragon Master Games Friday night to play some Modern. Um, I gotta give a quick shout out to somebody that we all know for winning the uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty uh, Championships. Eli, the Mad Mage Cassis. Oh, really? Nice. Yep. Yeah, yep. He won awesome. this weekend. Um, that's cool. Congratulations. So it's the like the equivalent of the Pro Tour system that they're doing now. So pretty big deal. And shout out to Eli. Nice. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Man. Congratulations there. Right on, right on. Uh, man, my week has been simple. I mean, with the snowstorms and stuff, I pretty yeah. much stayed home over the weekend. I mean, Saturday we did make it out to an independent wrestling show, and we got to see uh, a friend of the show, uh, Super B, in action, which is awesome to see, and got to finally meet him in person. We're going to give him a big, bigger shout-out on 607 TWS. But we appreciate the fact that you listen to the show, brothers. And, uh, you know, big upside. I can see good things for him in the future. And then, of course, we watched myself and Ken M. We, like, I have a fucking mouse in my pocket. Watched uh, GCW Astronaut this past Saturday. We're going to be talking all about it on 607 TWS coming to you this week. Uh, and, and you can either listen or watch it, sorry. On Twitch, by the time you hear this, unless you're a Patreon member, you are, it's already too late, but you can watch the replay on twitch.tv slash 607podcast, or you can listen to a podcast form on 607TWS everywhere else. Just remember, I don't have to plug it again. That's nice. Uh, but you know, yeah, it's good stuff. And then uh, Sunday, I literally laid out my ass. By the way, with uh, daylight savings time, I don't know about you guys, my day went super fast. I got up at 922, which was 822 until, you know, yeah, the hour. So it's 922. And then literally... I had breakfast and stuff, played a game of Madden, and I felt, and then it was all of a sudden 11.30. And then I was playing a couple games, so I was doing laundry, and it didn't feel like, it felt like maybe an hour went by, and all of a sudden it's 3 o'clock, and I was like, oh man, I wonder why I'm hungry for lunch. Oh, it's 3 o'clock. It just, the whole day for me yesterday went by like that. Yeah, I, I got behind uh, this, my son, you know, Wednesday group, they usually go out for dinner first before, and I'm just like, I don't have time to make it to that, uh, but just let me know when you guys are done. I'll head over because I got tied up doing a couple things. The next thing I know, they're like, it's like 525. They send me a text, and I see it at 545. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way. I got soda. I'll be right there. I'm walking in. I'll be there in a minute. Like, my bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Crazy how that works. I hate I hate daylight savings time. We should protest that shit. No, it, it fucked with me this morning because I got up at 350, and I've been up ever since. I could not fall back asleep. God damn. And it was like the reverse of what should happen. 
Oh, you'd think you'd sleep in or, you know, not get up at 3.50 in the morning and be wide awake. Dude, I had a weird thing that happened this morning, man. I, I like, right before, because my alarm clock set for 5.30, because as I was telling the guys before, I've been uh, going to the gym every morning with my wife at 6 a.m. So getting up at 5.30, go to the gym. And uh, I, I was like 5.20 something. So it was before my alarm clock went off. All of a sudden, I wake up because I swear I heard my wife be like, are you going to get up? And I wake up and I'm like, the fuck? Where's my wife? And then she's laying next to me sleeping. But before I saw her sleeping, I heard, oh, are you getting out of bed? She didn't say anything. She was sleeping. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Ghost in my house or some shit. Uh-huh. And, you know, a normal person might have been like, I'm going to leave the house. I was like, fuck this. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> Who got time? If the ghost going to kill me, they kill me in my sleep. God damn it. Got time for that. Well. We got, a, we got a show for you guys, a big show again, once again. Of course, in the second half of this show, where Diesel's movie Triple Stuff lives currently, uh, you're going to have the box office, upcoming films, and of course, this week's top three, and then of course, in the 3FN movie review section, the 3FN movie club review, is going to be of Requiem for a Dream. Yes, we didn't do a new movie, we did an old movie, and I feel like this movie does not get covered enough, <laughs> probably good reasons. But we're going to oh, talk about covered. it. <laughs> we're going to cover it. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it this week's 3FN Movie Club review. Uh, before then, we'll have the nerd news before the break. But before we can do any of that, we got to let you guys know about them opening plugs, where we can tell you where to find us. And of course, the simplest way to find us is to, of course, go to 8122productions.com. And from there, you can find everything. You can find all you need to know about the Three Fat Nerds podcast, Horror Zone 607, and of course, 607TWS. Also, while you're there, though, there's links. There's a link to our T Public store. If you would like to support a little bit monetarily and get yourself some cool swag from T Public, go ahead, click that link, buy yourself a shirt, a cup, a uh, sticker, whatever. Help support the show. Of course, also there's a link, which I mentioned before, twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Make sure you go there and uh, follow the page. It's actually is absolutely free. And of course, you're going to want to do that because coming up in April, we'll be doing the four-year extravaganza. And uh, we'll be doing something live on Twitch. You might have follow us on there as well as you know watch 607TWS live every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, of course, also there's a links to musical acts that help us, uh, who provide us with music, that help us come to you copyright free every week. Of course, big shout outs to shout out the robots who do our theme music. The song is called Fail Better. Uh, and trust me, you're going to want to check those guys out, plus every other great band that's there. And you can find all their music on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And the links are on the website. We have friends of the show, like the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour podcast, and most notably, Sci-Fi Horror Fest coming back to you August 26th and 27th at Vernon at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. You're going to be want to be a part of that. We got more celebrities being announced and it's going to be a happening and the three fat nerds will be there performing, hanging out, talking shit, having a good time. And last but certainly not least, there's our local sponsors like Dragon Master Games and Rex Rods Auto Detailing who help bring this show to you each and every week. Commercial free. So and if you forgot any of those things I just mentioned, or even the website, 8122productions.com, it's simple. All those hyperlinks are in the podcast notes below. Also, uh, remember, if you want to support us monetarily, do it on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content. I almost forgot to throw that in there, Diesel. Hey, if you know us personally, just slip us money in our back pockets. Uh, <laughs> you know, if gas prices keep going up, 
Pretty soon, I'm going to have to have Diesel out on the corner to get me the gas money. So. Oh, we're selling feet pictures soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, told, I told my boss today I'm going to have to pick up a second job just to get to work. <laughs> Whoa, hi Anyways, with that being said, let's talk about some nerd news, shall we, gentlemen? And, of course, we'll kick off this week's edition of the Nerd News with, in my estimations, the biggest story for me for this week. I don't know about you, gentlemen, but, I mean, I think I filled the cup at least twice in this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we got the trailer for the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, baby. Are you guys ready? How did you feel? Did you fill the cup like I filled the cup? Oh yeah, of course. Like and the funny part is this trailer gave you really nothing. Doesn't matter, still looked no, beautiful. No. But no, it was it looked great. It give, it gives you nothing where they're going to go with it. So you can speculate all you want, but yeah, it tells you exactly what's going to happen. Like it's so beautifully done. Like I, I watched it twice and went it gave you nothing, but it's showing you what's going to happen. It's so beautifully done. Oh my god, Diesel. How yeah. you feeling, man? Yeah, it looks great. Um I don't know what I was thinking in my head, but this was not what I was all expecting. Like, to bring in Inquisitors. Yeah. Oh. How cool is that? Yeah. Something we haven't seen outside of the um, animated animated universe. This is really good, and it leads me to hope that we still get that scene that I really want to see in live action from that show. Yeah. It might not happen right away, but... It might uh, might not happen in this, but it might... Yeah. Um, uh, And then the him watching young Luke. I'm hoping that's, like, the final scene. I don't want to see him do like being a creepy old man the entire time. I just want that well, to be the final scene of the series. We have a couple clues, of course. Uh, this is from a release from Disney Plus. Of course, uh, Lucasfilm. Pro- this this episode, uh, this the series, sorry, promises Lucasfilm's uh, rematch of the century, if you will, with McGregor's prequel trilogy co-star Hayden Christensen. Obi Wan Kenobi is set ten years after the dramatic offense of 2005 Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith, where Kenobi, played by McGregor, faced his greatest defeat. The downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker, played by Christensen, turned evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Uh, of course, uh, this uh, the series is uh, being directed. All six episodes are being directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, she has been on The Mandalorian and done a bunch of yeah. directing for The Mandalorian. And uh, all of the series was written by the head writer, Joby Harold. Uh, you might know him from King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Uh, of course, uh, like they said before, a decade after the Jedi Master went into hiding to watch over a young Luke Skywalker, the story starts on Tatooine before going off planet on a rollicking adventure. That was those words were by used by Ewan McGregor in a behind the scenes look. He also said this is also what Ewan McGregor would say. This uh, or no, sorry, Chow says this. Sorry, they got the two mixed up. This is a quite dark time that we're coming into uh, for him. Chow said, and just being a Jedi is not safe. There are Jedi hunters out there. Uh, after the Great Jedi Purge ordered by Emperor Palpatine's uh, Ian McDermott's Order 66 in Sith, Obi-Wan has his one task left, McGregor said, what, uh, which is keep Luke safe. Uh, they jump between the two people from there. Uh, I cannot wait for this. I don't know, man. It, it's not going to get here quick enough. Let's fucking be honest. Uh, I loved, I, you know, for what it was worth, I love Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. They didn't love it as much as The Mandalorian. No, but it was, it was its good own story. Yeah, yeah. They, they had to separate it because they already had The Mandalorian. Oh, I agree. I agree. If they but, had to separate it, why did the second half of it become Mandalorian no, Season 3? No, I <laughs> get, I get points. because Because they didn't want to waste time telling that story <laughs> in The Mandalorian. 
Yeah, I, I, I just can't wait for it. Of course, let's give some shout-outs and flowers where they're due because uh, other cast includes Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace, yep. uh, reprising the Revenge of the Sith roles as Owen and uh, Baru Lars, and Star Wars newcomers Kamal Nijiniani, Marvel's Eternals, I always say his name wrong, so I apologize, Sung Kong from the Fast and Furious franchise, O'Shea Jackson Jr. from Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and of course, the son of Ice Cube, let's be honest, that's that's the best thing he's got. And I love him, actually, I loved him in uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was yeah, a great yeah, movie, yeah. too. Uh, Moses Ingram, The Queen's Gambit. Indria Varma, Mission Impossible 7. Rupert Friend from Homeland. Simone Kessel from Terra Nova. And Benny Safadi from Good Time. So they have quite the cast. And, of course, that will hit Disney Plus every week. It's going to be a weekly episodic like Disney Plus does. Starting May 25th. Mark it on your calendars. I know for most of you listening to this show in particular, you definitely have it on your calendars. I cannot wait for this show to start. And I know that all of us at this table will be filling up multiple cups all the time. All right. Let's jump into some... I mean, I guess if you're a DC Films person, bad news. (laughs) This week, DC Films, as their parent company is Warner Brothers, announced that they were moving some dates around. Uh, This is par for the course for um, Warner Brothers and DC properties. Uh, So this was on Wednesday of this past week, and they announced now that uh, we have some pushbacks and one move forward. All right, are you guys ready? DC League of Super Pets is moving from May 20th, 2022 to July 29th of 2022. And they just started doing the advertisements in the theaters yeah. for it because we saw it from the Batman. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Black Adam, which is completely done and in the can, moves from July 29th, 2022 to October 21st of 2022. Makes the, no sense. The Flash, which this movie has been in production, I do believe, since 2009, technically. Like the same movie in different iterations yeah. since 09. I could be wrong, but I do believe it was 09. Has now moved from November 4th, 2022 to June 23rd, 2023. And I want to point out that The Flash is done. Yeah. <laughs> also, almost done shooting, because they're shooting, they're finishing shooting now. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom moves from December 16th, 2022 to March 17th of 2023. So not only does it move back from a later date than The Flash, but it gets put out before The Flash now. And last but certainly not least, I promise you a move up, right? That's right, because Shazam! Fury of the Gods moves up from June 2nd of 2023, which now belongs to the... uh, Now is 21 days before what The Flash is going to come out now, uh, to December 16th, 2022, taking over the spot from Aquaman. Now, the only logical reason for that is that, A, it's done shooting and has been done, but on top of that is obviously to tie into Black Adam. Yeah. So Black Adam, and that comes out a couple months later. So I'm all right with that. But we could have just moved it forward since it's already done. Anyways, before we jump into anything else, what are you guys' thoughts on the uh, moving carousel of DC Films Diesel? Are they going to take down those... uh little ads from regal about the year of the hero i'm glad that you brought that up because have you not noticed because i know we definitely did for the batman but they're doing it for other movies as well we've gotten the year of the hero and now most of those things are now in 2023 two of them and to be specific have moved to 2023 so it's no longer uh the flash has to go out and so doesn't yeah sometimes you gotta drop the hero and get with a zero (laughs) (laughs) thanks vanilla ice oh my god Uh, this is it's it's I, I don't know what their problems. I really think it's what we've been saying for the last four years. They need a one vision, one guy to follow behind, one man, woman, somebody to follow their vision and go forward and not keep 
changing thing as you go along. Because what is this? Based off the success of the Batman, that they're about changing stuff up. Like they got to just have one unified vision and push forward. Well, the Batman doesn't even take place in any of this universe. Well, they're like, figuring a way to tie it in now. I, I don't think that they are. <laughs> I think what's going on, what we're getting here, is basically there's two schools of thought. There was um, a, a, a merger slash buyout of certain things, and so it looks like that could be kind of in on this deal, but I don't think it is. I think that basically what it is is they realize that they had shit in the wrong order. And the reason why I say that is because you have a big hit like The Batman and then your next big blockbuster film would have been, well, DC League of Pets is still coming out yeah. first, which I don't think that has any consequences no. or anything. But you have Black Adam would have been the big blockbuster in July. And coming off the success of the Batman, Black Adam is not going to be that movie. No. So pushing it back a little bit kind of gives people a palate cleanser, get the little fun dog movie in there, and then you get the, the more serious comic book movie in there and then it does make more sense to move shazam that's already finished up because it ties in black adam is yeah. a character that, that's all the same world they should have been back to back to begin with so they kind of clear that up and moving the flash uh moving uh because you move shazam you obviously have to move something closer to when that was going to come out and you want you know you got a big reaction in march so take your second best movie in the marvel cinematic universe or not marvel sorry yeah. dc cinematic universe currently which would be uh, Aquaman, move that to March because then you're going to hopefully get another March return that's good. And then with moving back, unfortunately though, when moving back the Flash so far into the summer blockbuster movie next year means you should be pushing back probably the Batgirl movie coming to HBO Max, which was slated to come out in December after that because they believe that there's some tie-in to the Flash movie. So now you have to push that back. But also, this will help you move up possibly like the Blue Beetle and stuff. Because remember, there's going to be a gigantic break in between the movies yeah. and the movies that were coming to HBO Max. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think that that was more of a logistic thing because they're bad at fucking doing their jobs. Like, it, like Marvel would be on top of this. Think about it, Marvel releases are like fucking... Like, like they just fall in like, da 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 You know, this movie leads to this movie leads to this movie. This show fits in between. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And they have their shit together because they have Kevin Fahey. DC doesn't have that. I don't know. I think with the success of the Batman, they're like, oh, they like dark. We got to darken these up. We need time to do that. Oh, they might darken them up. <laughs> I'm not saying they won't, but I'm saying I don't think well, that they're going to be in the Batman universe because Matt Reeves does not sound like he wants to build a universe outside of his Batman yeah. films. And if they want to continue to do Batman, they can do that with on the Earth. That's why it's on Earth 2 and not Earth 1. So I think that that's, that's a big difference right. there. So I don't think that Reeves is in on that at all. Yeah. Bonnie, you want to add something? I mean, it just... It's just I get where it, it sounds better that it's it's just to fix some holes and move things around in the right order, but it's just funny that it happens immediately after the success of the Batman. So I really think Warner Brothers is trying to figure a way to tie it in because that's what they do. Oh, apparently it, it, Larry Moe and Curly are in charge of Warner Brothers because what are we doing? <laughs> no, I get it, and I and I, I said this all the time. Like, and if they want to darken it up a little bit, fine, so be it. Do it. It doesn't matter. Um, it's one of those things that. Like Shazam isn't a darker movie. Yeah. Like so, if they try to darken that up, like no, that's what Black Adam's for. Like, you don't need to do. Oh no, they pull a full Man of Steel and he kills somebody. I Shazam I, just buries his thumbs like twenty eight days later into somebody's head. I, I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I can see them trying to make the movies darker, but I don't think I don't yeah. even think they're going to do that. I no. think that I think they realize a, a palate cleanse and b then you move Aquaman to that March thing because March has been proven pretty successful by Marvel in the past. And if in, there's nothing going against it in March of next year, you might as well put 
you know, and, and you know, it's obviously Batman was successful. Yeah, they 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 do. Uh, DC has been doing does all right in March. The only real flaw was the original Justice League with that whole cinematical. But that even the first week made enough money to not offset it, but enough money to be like, oh, we're gonna break the records. And I mean, obviously it failed because it was a horrible movie. And I know I tried to back that movie too, but it's just horrible. <laughs> well, let's stay in the DC universe and let's kick it over to a fun little thing here. Uh, because uh, there's some uh, The Batman news. No spoilers or anything. Don't worry. If you want it, our review from last week, if you haven't heard it already, go back. Listen to last week's episode. It was great. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that review. We see what we gave it. We had a good time. But we had a couple of uh, fantasy bookings. One from the star of The Batman, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And one from somebody who would like to be in the Batman universe. And I say interesting because they both involve villains. For the future of the Batman franchise. So let's start with Batman himself, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson during an, said during an interview, and I quote, There's a bad guy in the animated series called the Condiment King. I just think it's the greatest idea. It's a guy who sprays mustard and ketchup at people, and I just think it's such a great idea for a bad idea. They just get covered in mustard. You can. <laughs> it was with Brute Mexico, by the way, this interview. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with the Condiment King, the goofy villain who was created for Batman the Animated Series, the character has since been featured in comics such as Batgirl Year One and Birds of Prey number 37 and was also seen on the HBO Max's animated Harley Quinn series. Yep. Dude, if they bring Condiment King, not as a main villain, but as like a, somebody at Arkham, maybe during their Arkham... Uh, Asylum TV series that they're doing for HBO Max, or if they bring in Condiment King as a cursory tale, or like somebody that Batman foils quickly as just like it's there. I'm gonna mark out a little bit because I I like fucking randomness like that. Diesel is just disappointed. <laughs> I will burn the studio to the ground if they involve Condiment King in anything real life action wise. I think you're getting outvoted two to one. Right? Oh, yeah. so yeah. bad. Let's go, Condiment King all the way. Condiment King, baby. Oh. Condiment King, but it gets better. Because Nick Cage, yes, that Nicholas Cage. What? Ghost Rider himself. Is, uh, he's, he's dabbled in the world of superheroes. He played Johnny Blaze in Ghost Rider. In Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. He was supposed to be that. But if he were to return to the world of comic books, he could see himself playing an iconic Batman 66 TV series. You know, the Adam West Batman series. What? Now, this iconic character... Is not just a, any run-of-the-mill character. He was played by possibly one of the greatest horror actors and narrators of all time, the late great Vincent Price. Oh, I thought you were talking about King Tut. The late great Vincent Price, and he says, "Here's what he says. Here's this is this is for South by Southwest. This is exactly what Cage said before. Because I want to reveal it this way. Because I can't wait to see Diesel's head explode. I like. Oh, here's something." I've been thinking about this because we have this new Robert Pattinson as the Batman, which I haven't seen it yet, but I think he would be terrific. The villain that Vincent Price played on the 60s show, Egghead. I think I want to have a go at Egghead. I think I can make him absolutely terrifying, and I have a concept for Egghead. So let them know, over at Warner Brothers, I'm down for Egghead. I am also down for Nicolas Cage <laughs> to play Egghead, because for one thing, he has to be bald. Yes. He has to be bald. 
Diesel, are you not sold on Egghead either? No Condiment King, no Egghead? No Condiment King, no Egghead. Like, I, I get Nicholas Cage likes doing the quirky stuff. I'm actually excited for the uh, unbearable weight of Massive Talent. Oh, that's coming out soon. We're going to see that. Yeah, We're reviewing it on this podcast. Yeah, it looks gr- That looks great. But this is a little too quirky. Why not just go for Calendar Man? Fuck off with these bad <laughs> Batman villains. I think we're going to see Calendar Man on that Arkham Asylum series. And I, I honestly, if, if any, I don't see Condiment Man being, or Condiment King, sorry, being in any, like, movie. Yeah. But I could see him in the Arkham series because you just need people to fill out Arkham. Egghead, though, I could see, with a Matt Reeves movie, with what he did with Riddler, I could see Egghead doing something especially because he wasn't talking about playing it hokey. Yeah. He was talking about a dark concept for it. Yeah. So I could see that. I could see that working. I could also see, I, I would like to do a, a double, and I'm with you, I would like to do King Tut. So Egghead and King Tut in a movie. Listen, we do the fucking Joker all the time. Yeah. And finally, we got a good Riddler. We got a really good Penguin. We got a good Catwoman. Penguin, Penguin's going to be around. He's going to be yeah. doing the TV series. He's also going to be in the background of every Batman movie because yeah. he is the reigning king of crime in Gotham City. He's gonna he's the organized crime guy, and I love it, right? We we The Joker is not going to be in the next movie. Uh, basically, Matt Reeves has said that. He just wants to set some shit up. Yeah. You know, he's setting up a super villain's ma- you know, yeah. uh, mashup. Much like we saw when they did the Batman's TV series from the 60s in uh, movie form, if you remember that. We talked about that last week, even. But I would like to see maybe a couple of those characters reinvigorated like the Riddler. I'm not saying exactly like the Riddler, but darker and up to date. And like Egghead and King Tut were two of the most popular from that show. Yeah. And also, while you're at it, if we're talking comic books, I want to see Professor Pig. Okay. Because I think they can, they, the comics with him are already dark. Yeah. So could you imagine him as, like, we know they'll go there. So fuck it, let's go there. And then, because we've already had one serial killer, might as well have another. And on top of that, you know, I would also like to see some other things. We know we're going to get Two-Face eventually. Where they left it open, we're going to need a new DA. So yeah. I'm sure Harvey Dent's going to come in in the next movie, which is fine. Let's build into Two-Face. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that. And, you know, he should get his due. Great character. <laughs> but we know what Matt Reeves wants to do. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, Matt Reeves really wants to make a Mr. Freeze movie. Yes. He really wants to do uh, Victor Freeze as a character. Yeah. And a good way, not the cheesy Schwarzenegger storyline. He's even teased at the animated series storyline, which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So he's even teased about that with the Frozen Rose and the wife. So they kind of did that in the first movie, but Hokey, he's talking about doing it in a serious yeah. way. Yeah. And I'm all for that. I would love to see that movie. But I think if he's going to pick obscure people, because he took Riddler, and once again, Riddler's a popular character, like yeah. Mr. Freeze. Not Nobody's on the level of the Joker, as we know. Like, honestly, in Batman, that's why everybody adds him in. When everybody's yeah. complaining about it, sorry. It's just everybody recognizes the Joker. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. But I, I really think I, we go to some of these other people. And I know Ken M is really voting for uh, Court of Owls, but I think that's down the road because you can't do Court of Owls before you do everything else because you find out that they're the hidden hand, yeah. but you can't do the hidden hand before you show what's hidden. They, there might be clues towards it, but right, I, like I, it'll, be, it'll be weird. The court, I, I, the court will be there. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, yeah. but you have to do other things first because the court is, is behind the scenes. I know yeah. they've made the big, big references to Hush. Yeah. Big yeah. references. So I'm, I, I'm sure Matt Reeves is going to do Hush at some point. I, maybe not the comic book art, but the villain will be there. Yeah. I, I'll put money on it. Also, I, I'm, I'm going to just spitball here. A spoiler alert, I guess. But with knowing the Joker's going to be in the series, knowing that from you know what we see is kind of deformed, what if they're doing the the, 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 the Batman Who Last version? 
or something akin to that. No, so I, something completely different. I, I mean, they could. I mean, also I mean, give they, me Mark Hamill's trickster. Yeah, Mark Hamill's <laughs> trickster. I want. I want Scarface and the Ventriloquist. Like the, the nice part. Like I'm just gonna point this out. The nice part about the Arkham series that they're talking about doing is we could introduce some of these because they yeah. said they want to do it darker, more gritty, yeah. more like a horror film. I think that that'd be a good place to get some of these secondary, third dairy villains in, and you might be able to make them interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to be the greatest, but could you imagine if the story behind Condiment King turns into like he kills his victims by drowning them in mustard? Or he's just in prison and then like he just like obsesses with the mayonnaise and uh, mustard and ketchup packets. Right, so you know, what I mean? like shameless or Calendar Man is, yeah. is 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 more like I mean, unfortunately, my gimmick for Calendar Man would be the Zodiac Killer, but we already did that for Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that, that would have been perfect for Calendar Man because it would yeah. make a lot of sense. Zodiac Calendar, uh, you know. But I, I hope that that's where we're going in that direction. But I think it's in good hands, even though Diesel's cringing <sighs> about Egghead, played by Nicolas Cage. It, Batman has some great vil- villains. There's upper echelon villains, but there's like a handful of them. And then there's a steep drop. And then there's another steep drop. And that's where all these characters are coming in right here. Diesel, <laughs> I know you're familiar, but I'm showing you the picture again of the Condiment King from the anime. <sighs> I hate it. No, hear me out, Diesel. I need you to fantasy book who plays Condiment King in a Matt Reeves film. Mine just could be a Matt Reeves film. Oh. Now I'll ask that same thing to Ron. Who oh. do you got playing Condiment King? Oh, what's his name? Uh... Patrick Warburton, the Tick. Oh, oh that's it, good. That's sold. <laughs> that's good. actually good. he's so good as the Tick. That's good. He could be. He could pull that off. Yeah. That that is yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any other that you would like to add? Hey, uh, hey, what's uh, even even possibly if you want the root of uh, what's his face there, Sheldon Cooper. Oh yeah, from yeah, yeah, Big yeah. Bang Theory. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, uh, he gets wow, enough. He, get, he, he gets enough fucking press. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. with that being said, you know who I was thinking of. It is kind of funny. I was thinking of him because now him being a little thinner, Drew Carey. I feel like I feel like that nose and stuff, Drew Carey, and in glasses. I'm just that's yeah. me. But I like yours. I like your pick a lot too. I like your pick a lot too. Uh, with that being said, though, goddamn, that was that's some fun times. Who, who would you fantasy book as Mister Freeze? Ooh, it's not going to be Arnold, that's for sure. No. <laughs> Diesel got a pick. I was going to go with Arnold, but hey, that's just... I mean, the fun, the, if I'm going to go with a funny take, the funny take would be the German guy from the Human Centipede. <laughs> um, a, but my serious pick, and I, it's realistic, Christoph Waltz. Christoph okay. Waltz is a good pick. That's a really good pick. Um, ooh. Could he, could he play, like, emotionless? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I think he could. Okay. Dude, Waltz is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And we've, ar- we've already heard him do a German accent because, I mean, let's be honest, Freeze is German. Yeah. Especially especially when you get into the later ones because uh, we find out some secrets in the comic books and that yeah. leads yeah. right in. Yep. Oh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Magneto in the like the first class movies. Um, Fastbender, Michael Fastbender, Michael yeah, Fastbender. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. Why I, I, I don't know why I'm drawing, drawing a blank. No, I did. I've, I've been drawing blanks on yeah. actors' names. All yeah, week. Fastbender though would yeah. be my pick. It's better than. Well, I guess it's not better than shooting blanks because you're, you're safe. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, Michael Fastbender that would be good too. I, I, I like those picks. All right, now as we do with bad news, we're actually kind of technically leaving the uh, nerd news section. There is one more thing to take care of, but it is on the sadder side. So. 
Uh, we are going to go to break with that and, of course, a moment of silence as we usually do in these situations. But before we go to break, just letting you know, after we, we talk about this, we're going to have a moment of silence. Then there'll be the break and then we'll come back with Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff and, of course, the 3FN Movie Club pick. But uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't pay homage to uh, somebody we lost here in the world of, you know, obviously in later years in the world of uh, comic book movies. And, of course, that is William Hurt. Uh, William Hurt passed away this past Sunday afternoon at the age of 71. Uh, His son wrote the following. He said, It is with great sadness that the Hurt family mourns the passing of William Hurt, beloved father and Oscar-winning actor, on March 13, 2022, one week before his 72nd birthday. He died peacefully among family of natural causes. The family requests privacy at this time. That was his uh, son's statement to Deadline. Uh, Hurt was a Juilliard graduate and made his acting debut in 1980 and won an Oscar just five years later during a span in the mid-1980s. Hurt was nominated three times for Best Actor Oscar for roles in Kiss of the Spider Woman in 1985, Children of a Lesser God in 1986, and Broadcast News in 1987. By the way, Broadcast News, phenomenal movie. Yes, I've never seen it. Actually, all those movies are great, but that one. His fourth Academy Award nod came in 2005 for leading David Cronenberg's A History of Violence, which was also an amazing one movie. He won the Academy Award for Kiss of the Spider Woman. Probably should have won for Broadcast News, because yeah. I'll tell you what, Broadcast News is phenomenal. And it really fits in nowadays. Uh, fast forward a handful of years, and Hurt made his MCU debut opposite Edward Norton and Louis Letier's The Incredible Hulk. His role that of Th- his role, or sorry, sorry, his role that of Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. This was written poorly, and I did not read it. Or write it. Thanks, comic book. <laughs> went on to become a recurring character. He would appear in Captain America's Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, and Kate Shortland's Black Widow in 2021. Uh, this is what Hurt said about the MCU. I have to consider the character. Uh, previously, Hurt said this about the MCU. As an artist, it's my job to ask, is the character I'm playing interesting enough? Is he true enough You know, to who we are as people? Are they believable? That is my anchor. The really good artists pull it off. Working on these movies has been a song for me. The Russo brothers are great guys to work with. He added, what comes down to is the people you have the idea and you have the imagination that's on the page and they reflect great things. But you know, in this work, we're living things. You can't just sit alone in your room with your book and have a great time. It's all about the people you are working with. That's the most important thing. So by the way, and I mean this in the nicest way. I think that was his big fuck you to everybody who criticized yeah, yeah. Marvel movies. Because only in the way a man who is fucking so eloquent as, as William Hurt could put yeah. it. Because that's really what that sounded like. So, yeah, if, uh, all the you haters, if you heard that. Um, man, man. Uh, his last film, by the way, was in Sean McNamara's The King's Daughter, released earlier this year. Uh, man, it's a rough one, man. He fucking. I first of all, I did not know that he graduated from Juilliard, but yet I'm not not yeah. surprised. Yeah, super classy guy, super classy actor. Uh, that movie span in the '80s, and I know a lot of our younger listeners won't remember, and maybe even some of our older listeners don't remember because they weren't. You know, they were huge Academy films, and they did make money, but they weren't your, you know, blockbuster film of the day. Nothing he did was in the MCU line until the MCU. Um, I am a big fan, and I can't put it over enough, of uh, broadcast news. Also of Children of a Lesser God. Yeah. Uh, that movie is, is tremendously good. And there's a reason why this man has been nominated four, you know, four oh, times yeah. for the Best Actor Award and won it once. Because yeah. he's that fucking good. And it was really kind of 
I remember when they signed him, when we first, when me and you were talking about this before the days of the podcast for the Incredible Hulk movie, and we were like, wow, they got William Hurt to yeah. play fucking Thunderbolt Ross? Like, wow, that's that's impressive. Like, that's not like, oh, we just snagged this actor. That's like snagging the actor. Yeah. It's like a yeah. big name. You know, that'd be like Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. playing the role. Like, it's, it's a big, like, get. And the fact that throughout the movies in the MCU, and that's what most of our listeners will remember, man, he made that character amazing. Yeah. And, and I wish we would have gotten a little more. Obviously, now it's in hindsight, it's, it sucks that we were not getting more. But I wish we would have. And man, just if I would have any suggestions for anything, broadcast news. Yeah, I've never seen it. Please watch broadcast news. You'll understand why he was nominated. Uh, it'd be right up your alley if you like the Joker. I think you would like broadcast yeah. news because, without giving it away, similar kind of premise. It's about a madman. Who takes over a studio, pretty much, and it's good shit. It's such good shit, uh, and it, it kind of deals with what we deal in the media now, which is kind of weird. Yeah. That all the way back in uh, 1987, it was kind of almost foretelling. So make sure you check that out. I would say that, and of course, watch him in all the MCU movies. Uh, Diesel, do you want to have anything else to say about the late great William Hurt? Yeah, that's just a tremendous loss to Hollywood. Like. If you just look back at his career, like started acting in the eighties and by eighty seven was nominated three times for best actor, and it's just unheard of. He was the Daniel Day Lewis before Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Like oh yeah. And that's a tremendous loss to all of uh, Hollywood. I agree. Ronald. Yeah. Uh big bucket of wind and you know, Hollywood lost something, you know. It's it's gonna he's gonna be missed. Yeah. Twenty twenty two, man, taking the greats. I'm gonna throw that out there. <laughs> and uh, and once again, and we all thought twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one were bad and they were. But fuck you, 2022, you're taking all the greats. And once again, another, well, technically, uh, Betty White didn't make it till 2022, but uh, another one right before their birthday, which is fucking tremendously sad. Uh, But with that being said, uh, our thoughts and condolences go out to all of William Hurt's family, friends, and fans worldwide. And with that, we are going to take a moment of silence going into the break. We'll be back after this moment of silence and break. Back to Diesel's movie triple stuff. We have a very strange addition to the top five this week. Yeah, four, four, four returnees and one new one. But coming in at number five, Spider-Man: No Way Home with another four point one million dollars. Still hanging out, baby. Oh yeah, swinging across all the box office fucking monies. Number four, Dog with five point three. 
I've heard good things. Uh, hmm. The shop, the people I work at the shop, they went to see Dog. Hmm. They seem to like it. Now, do they go to see this, the newcomer to the list? Are they fans of K-pop? Because BTS, permission to dance on stage, Seoul, live viewing with $6.8 million. I'm surprised there wasn't more. <laughs> By the way, I think that's only one showing, right? That's, yeah. that's like when it was live. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. pretty fucking, yeah, that's yeah. fucking I know huge. K- I know K-pop is big in the States. Yeah, yeah it is. So I'm, I'm not surprised. And you nerds love your, you love you some K-pop, not maybe the people who listen to this show, yeah. but a lot of people do. Uh, number two, no surprise, Uncharted with another $9.3 million. Go figure. And then the big one, Bat- The Batman with $66 million on top of its huge opening weekend domestically. So That's making up there. It's not Spider-Man No Way Home money, but it's still quite a bit of no. money. I still have to go back to watch it for a second time because uh, not doing anything on Sunday kind of uh, wasted me going back. But I'm definitely going to go see it again. I enjoyed it that much, as we all know. All right, Diesel, that's going to bring us to the upcoming films. And I, I think there's only one major upcoming film uh, yeah. this upcoming week. Yeah, this week we got X coming out, which uh, we were talking about earlier tonight. And then for you, uh, if you weren't into K-pop, but you're into anime, Jujujutsu Kaizen, the movie. Yeah, I've heard big things about yeah. that. It's not one of the animes I watch, yeah. but I've heard big things about that. I'm assuming that's going to have a decent uh, showing in the movie theaters, especially amongst anime fans. And uh, I will be going to see X along with uh, Ron here. Uh, it's the A24 slasher film. I'm kind of interested to see what A24 does with a slasher. Yeah. It's the porn movie that turns into a snuff film starring Jenna Ortega, who is in every yeah. fucking movie, which I'm not complaining about. I'm just saying. Literally, this is the year of Jenna Ortega. Yep, and then the following week, we got The Lost City, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Duke, Mothering Sunday, and Seven Days. Uh, none of those are tickling my fancy. Yeah. So we're going to, the week after that, of course, we get uh, Morbius. And that should be tickling my fancy. Have to go on Thursday for that because we'll be celebrating WrestleMania weekend. Are you coming for WrestleMania weekend to Geneva? The April, it'll be, uh, we'll be leaving is on the 1st. So that's a Friday, coming back the 3rd. I'll get back to you by Thursday. Let me know. I know, we're doing this live on air, but do you guys, we'd like to do that there. He's going. He probably will be. I just need to know because i got to book a hotel room. Of course, with that being said, that brings us to this week's top three, Diesel. Top three. Happy Pi Day, everyone. 22 divided by 7 is the easiest way to remember, but Pi Day, we're fat guys. What are your top three favorite baked goods? I love how this is the answer. Baked goods. (laughs) Of course. You know what? At number three, just the classic brownie. Now, you can have it fudge. You can have it with walnuts. You can have it with marshmallow. I'm, I'm a fan of peanut butter in it. Whatever. But brownies. I love brownies. Blondies. Good. I like blondies. I like the the, 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 the the brownies with a cookie topper on it, you know? Or cookies in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so many things you can do with brownies. Brownies. Brownies is going to be my number three. Quick question. Personal preference. The edges or the center? Ah, it depends. <laughs> it I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of the edges if cooked right. Yep. If it's not overcooked and the edge is just a little crispier but not too crispy, I like the edge. Because I still like my consistency of a brownie to be nice and spongy. Yeah, okay. I'm not I'm not one of those I like hard brownies people. Eh. Yeah, but no. brownies overall, old school classic at number three slot. At the number two slot, I'm a sucker for a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Preferably New York style. However, Philadelphia style also very good. Because I like the harder cheese. Yep. But I still will eat the whipped cheese Philly style. Don't get me wrong. I like cheesecake. Once again, just like brownies. You can give me cheesecake with raspberry topping, cherry topping, caramel topping, every topping. I don't care. And last but certainly not least, the number one slide, and this is no surprise to probably anybody at this table, especially Diesel, carrot cake is my absolute (laughs) all-time favorite baked good cake. 
Everything. If you give me the option, I will eat fucking carrot cake every day, especially a good carrot cake made with a great cream cheese uh, frosting. Oh, yeah. And I don't want any of this fucking spice cake shit. Because a lot of times people try to pass a spice cake with cream cheese topping as a fucking carrot cake. It's not. Also, you cannot make a ca- proper carrot cake and then use regular frosting on the top because that also doesn't work. Oh. I'm just letting you guys know. Good carrot cake. Now, mind you, I'm not picky about carrot cakes as far as like if there's nuts in them or not. You can put nuts in it. That's fine. I like them. If you don't put nuts in it, I don't care. Raisins? Uh, raisins is another one. I don't. It doesn't bother me. Some of my favorites don't have it, yep. but I, I will still eat it as long as it has the consistency and taste of carrot cake with a cream cheese topping. I'll be okay with it. You know who makes a great one? I'll give them a free shout out. Wegmans makes a great oh, yeah. carrot cake. Nice. Great carrot cake. And then there's there's other local bakeries as very well as well. But I'll give that shout out. All right, Ronald, your top three baked goods. Um, the classic chocolate chip cookies. There you like, go. I, I would chocolate chip. That's why soft. I go with brownie. Uh, depends on the. Oh, I'm, boo. If, it depends soft only. Soft. No, no. It depends. If I'm making them, it's always soft. If it, you know, I, there's a couple. If I just need a cookie, I, there are a few that I would just buy. Just that's fine. But soft is the way. I, I, I'm soft cookie all the way. Yeah. yeah. Every kind of cookie. You know, that's why I like that after hours place. Uh, the insomnia cookies. Oh yeah, yeah. Super fucking expensive, but all of them are soft and gooey and nice. warm. Anyways. Nice. <laughs> Uh, number two, it's going to be the carrot cake. It's, you know, my dad's favorite, Delicious my favorite. Baby. It's so good. Like, and then number one is you got to go the half moon cookie or the black and white cookie. You which, love those half moon oh, cookies. I, so can, I can attest to that. They're so and you, good. And once again, to, like me, toppings doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I've seen you with the Bavarian topping. Yeah. I've, I've seen I've, you with all sorts I, of toppings. I've ventured through their whole list over there. Their lemon cheesecake one, their... Uh, we should give them a shot. Pinkies, yeah. which is in the same plaza as Dragon Master Games, the bakery. They have amazing carrot cake as well. Yeah. And half moon cookies and donuts and cupcakes. If you're in the 607 yeah. and you stop by Dragon Master Games, 1235 Upper Front Street, Binghamton, New York, where the 8122 Production Studios are located. And it's a day where Pinkies Bakery is open. Stop in there and get yourself some uh, good I, I had a mint chocolate chip cheesecake from there yesterday. Oh, so good. Listen, they're not a sponsor, but I love no, their food. I Oh, That's why I'll plug it. I love their food. The last day of running this shop, they brought me over my free donuts when they were getting ready to close <laughs> up, and everything was back to good. <laughs> the day, the one day I walk over there, she was like, I'll sell you these cookies. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take them for the shop anyway. She goes, oh, you're just going to take them next door? I'll just give them to you. I'm like, well, that works. And I was just going to come in and not even tell these, like, paid, paid for the donuts just to shut them up about not getting free donuts. <laughs> they, they, you know, well, they usually run out of donuts, man. I'll give them credit. They get, they go through a glass of, and they have creative donuts. Love yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, man. They get a lot of business from the shop. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Which is good for them. And I like, I enjoy that. They're good people. Go ahead, Diesel. All right. Number three for me is actually a peanut butter cookie, whether the traditional Ooh. or the peanut butter cup cookie. Ooh, okay. Big All fan right. of those. All right. I like them too. Once again, softer, hard. Oh, soft. Yeah, I was just yeah. saying. They no have hard. crispy edges, but soft. Yeah. Right? yeah Overall, yeah, yeah, really yeah. soft. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, number two, we are actually going to include a pie for pie day, and that is a pecan pie. Oh, you like the pecan? Oh, I like pecan pie, no, too. It's my favorite pie. I am also a big fan of, like, pumpkin pie. Not so big on, like, apple or the fruit pies, but a pecan pie is my jam. The big question is, are you a fan of poutang pie? Oh, not really. <laughs> too much drama. <laughs> the hair I mean, pie, I, eh. I mean, my aunt's uh, apple pie is amazing, so... I go apple. Pie. You know, you know what it is. I like apple pie. I like pies, but I, I, I think when apple, I like apple crisp better. Yeah, well, I love me some apple crisp. Yeah. And then my number one, I'm with you. I'm a huge cheesecake fan, but I love mine traditional, maybe with a sour cream topping. 
and that's about it. That works. That works. I mean, I I will take cheesecake with pretty much any topping. I love going to Cheesecake Factory because you get all the neat, weird. Yeah. Now, one of my jams and and uh, our friend George, we were just talking about going to Geneva to visit. Our friend George made me for my birthday a carrot cake cheesecake. Ooh. It was the best of both worlds. My two favorite baked <laughs> goods in one. Uh, that was originated at the uh, uh, Cheesecake Factory, and uh, he made one. My wife makes a, a good version of that as well. So, thank you for knowing what I love. Well, that is going to bring us, ladies and gentlemen, dun dun dun, to this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And since there was nothing new that we were going out to see this week, we decided to kick it old school to a movie that we've talked about for many different reasons. It's made some lists, but we have never properly given it a 3FN Movie Club Review. Of course, that movie is uh, the year two. We were going to take it back to the year 2000, Diesel. For Requiem for a Dream. Of course, uh, that came out originally May 14th of 2000 at the Cannes Film Festival. October 6th, 2000 on the, in the United States. as a 101-minute runtime. It was distributed by Artisan Entertainment and Summit Entertainment and produced by Thousand Words and Protozoa Pictures. Of course, it is based on a book, Requiem for a Dream, by Hubert Selby Jr., and the screenplay was written by Hubert Selby Jr. and Darren Arnofsky, who also is your director of this film. Darren Arnofsky, of course, famous for making fucked up movies that are great and artsy. This movie was produced by Eric Watson and Palmer West. Cinematography by Matthew Labatique. Edited by Jay Robinitz. Music by Clint Mansell. Of course, it stars Ellen Bernstein, Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, Marlon Wayans, and more. But those are the four major stars of this film. And let's do a guessing game here. This movie had a budget of $4.5 million. Remind you, this was an artsy yeah. flick. was not selected for a wide release. What do you think it made in the box office? And I will give you guys a clue because you guys are guessing. It made its money back. Yeah, I, I want to say probably $12 million. Okay, Ronald. I'll put yeah, I'll put it at like 16, 17. Guys were both under 7.4 million dollars. Of course, spoiler this is a spoiler free right off of Wikipedia synopsis of the film. Uh, the film depicts four characters affected by drug addiction and how it alters their physical and emotional states. Their addictions cause them to become imprisoned in a world of delusion and desperation. As the film progresses, each character deteriorates and their reality is overtaken by delusion, resulting in catastrophe. All right. Before we drop the spoiler, and I understand this is a 22-year-old film. <laughs> Technically, not a lot of spoilers because it's 22 years, but we like to be, for those people who have never seen Requiem for a Dream, we are going to give you our do we recommend or don't we recommend and why. I'm going to start with Diesel. Diesel, do you recommend, don't you recommend, why? Oh, all right, so it really depends on... Spoiler free. Yeah, spoiler free. It really depends on... Your mindset. If you're in a dark place already, do not watch this movie. But if you're if you're comfortable in your own skin and you can deal with seeing some heavy shit, yes, very much recommend this movie. But if you're if you're depressed, it might not be the movie for you right now. Ron, do you recommend? Don't you recommend? And why? It is definitely a recommendation. It's got it stars a lot of you know main actors now that were young and upcomers then. And it, it's one of those ones that you have to at least watch once. Yeah. 
I agree with you. I'm going to give it a clean sweep of recommending. I recommend Recommend for a Dream to everybody. It's a beautiful movie. It does, and I'm going to be with Diesel. The warning is it does deal with dark, disturbing, very realistic uh, consequences and happenings from addiction. So, therefore, if you can't watch heavy movies as such, if this touches you in some sort of the way, if you're depressed, if you're in the wrong state of mind, this is not the movie to watch. Uh, once again, if, if if you like myself had addicts in your family, this explains quite a bit, which is kind of crazy. I understand that some people can't handle watching stuff like that. So once again, do My best thing is I've always said this is a movie that you probably only need to see once, yep. and it's also you need a shower after. So with that being said, we are going to drop the spoiler drop. When we come back we from that, which takes two seconds, that's your warning to get out if you don't want this spoiled. Go watch the movie and then come back and talk to us. It is on Tubi for free right now and Pluto TV also for free. You can rent it on everything else for it looks like $3.99. Probably can buy it cheap on Amazon and such. Uh, so go ahead and watch it and then come back and listen to the review. Or if you don't care about it being spoiled or seen the movie and just are ready for it, we're going to play the drop when we and, and then when we come back up. Spoilers are in effect. So here we go. All right, there's not many other way in spoilers. Of course, we do this thing, you know, uh, instead of being a thing, we can put the good and the bad together and kind of ram through the movie. Uh, we're not going to give you break it down synopsis for the synopsis. You guys already know that, but anybody who might be listening for the first time, uh, I'm just going to start off by saying what I, uh, reiterating this. This movie is fucked up, but it is artsy and beautiful at the same time, which is fucking strange. Uh, I'm going to collect a diesel first this time around because I know diesel is going to be making some points that I'll make and, that, and uh, me and Ron can feed off of. So, diesel, Requiem for a Dream, some positive, negatives, whatever comes to mind when you're thinking of Requiem. The only negatives is just the depressing subject matter of it all. Like, it's beautifully acted. The, the way it was filmed with the bright colors to counteract the dark tones of the movie were great. And like Ron said, there's a lot of, like, Huge actors now that were sort of on their way up. Like, they were already established, but they were really making their name for themselves. Um, Ellen Burstein was phenomenal as uh, the mother of uh, Jared Leto's character, who was despicable, yet you felt for him. Mm-hmm. His friend played by Marlon Wayans, same thing. Like, he was just goofy, but you, you really felt for them. And then Jared Leto's girlfriend, played by Jennifer Connelly. Every one of these characters nailed it out of the park. But it, it just shows the insane downward spiral of drug addiction. Oh, I agree. I mean, you have, of course, you know, when you come into this movie, there's like the, the I, I almost want to call it the more lighthearted parts. You find out real quick that uh, Jared Leto's mother uh, in the movie, Alan Bernstein's character, Sarah Goldfrob, play, uh, she is she is delusional. She's getting old, a mixture of Alzheimer's. Amongst uh, being addicted to, what was it, diet pills? Diet or, pills, yeah. yeah like, pretty so. much like methamphetamines that were yeah, legal so it's time. legal methamphetamines and so she has this delusion like most parents do that her son is doing great she's we, we see her at one point in the beginning parts of the movie talking to a neighbor saying how her her son is making it happen and he's got this nice girlfriend and they're doing big things and none of that's fucking true well he has a nice girlfriend well he has a nice girlfriend <laughs> but they're all drug addicts and they're all basically robbing stealing whatever they have to do to supply their habit yeah. and actually selling drugs as well and, well the depressing part about that is like she was obsessed with game shows and she has to keep rebuying her TV back from the pawn shop that he keeps stealing stealing and selling her own TV which is hits close to home for anybody who's ever dealt with an addict yeah. 
Uh, so then when you meet them, like they come across as a certain way, but you find out real quick they're scamming, stealing, robbing, selling drugs, whatever it is to pay for their addiction. And it looks like they have their shit together at one point, which is kind of strange in the movie. Yeah. And then the downward spiral to go, you know, to go into the movie. Like you start in the sub basement because you're dealing with this dark shit. And then there is a little uptick and you're like, oh, maybe this movie's going to take the normal movie curve and everybody's going to get better, but maybe one will relapse and we'll have that sad moment. But of course, it's a Darren Aronofsky film. Nobody winds up happy. And at this point, to be fair, though, Aronofsky's only other big movie at the time was Pie. Yeah. So basically, he's only, and then he did a lot of smaller things. So he's only known for Pi, which was a fucked up movie. But this is thanks to Cake. Yeah. Later on, he would do one of our favorite movies, The Wrestler. Uh, and once again, showing the underbelly. By the way, 100, almost 100% true of the real indies. Uh, from working in the independent wrestling, I can tell you that. But uh, when this, they start on the downward spiral, you're like, oh shit, can it get worse? Uh, no, can't get worse than that. No, no can it get worse? No, 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 can't get worse than that. Can it get worse? So at one time, by the way, the legendary Keith David is in this movie. And uh, I don't know if you caught this as a highlight or a low light. The first time, one of the first times we meet Keith David, Jennifer Connelly's character, who is uh, Marion Silver, yeah. goes over to get drugs from him. And he's like, oh, that's fine, baby. And pulls out his dick and, of course, gives one of Diesel's favorite lines of all time. Oh, that's all right, baby. I didn't take it out for air. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so she blows him for drugs. And he says, hey, if you ever need drugs, money, whatever, contact me. I have this party where you can make a lot of money. As the downward spiral continues, that's going to come into play. Because now they're addicted. Now they're not making money. Now it's become harder. And then we hit the end of the movie. Because like I said, we're only going to go through because this is a fever dream. I I don't know if I could do it justice if I I go any further. Uh, and the downfall for every character comes in. Because now, instead of like your normal movie where at least one person has a happy ending, nobody has a happy ending. And everybody's downfall will be publicized. First of all, you have Marlon Wayans who ends up in prison. Which was the biggest fear that he goes through in, throughout the movie. Going through withdrawal in prison by himself. Yep. Jared Leto, who also ends up in prison, uh, unfortunately got his hands on some drugs beforehand and uh, he gets his arm infected by a dirty needle and they have to cut that motherfucker off yep so we have an arm amputation by the way they show it in very graphic detail then we come back to marion 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 she hits up keith david who by the way his character's name in this is big tim (laughs) and no arguments there and goes to do one of his parties where she then finds herself bound and gagged in sdm where uh on the other side of a monster giant black dick from an asian girl no, they're they're sharing it, and they were going ass to ass, as it's important for Diesel. Very graphically, by the way, but it wasn't a sexy scene. No, no, the way they they filmed all these is intertwined. So there's like, all right, this is bad. Oh, this is hot. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. Yeah, it's just bizarre editing that works perfectly for the film. And you can tell going, and it wasn't vagina. Diva, it was ass to ass. <sighs> and you can you can tell that she is not enjoying enjoying this. Uh, but that doesn't matter to the businessmen and stuff throwing money at them, uh, which is sad. And then, of course, you have the mother. And in all of her delusions and everything going on, she gets uh, electroshock therapy and forgets everything and loses herself. If, if there's a, any happy ending, she loses herself to the uh, game show world. Yeah, yeah. She thinks she's on a game show as she's getting electroshock therapy, which probably, like, 
the 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 amputation, which looked great, like it was looked real. I think the most disturbing thing for me was seeing Alan Burstein going through the electroshock therapy. That one oh, really rough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was rough. She's like just she loved her son, and it just delusional. And then he just got hooked up on you know over the counter speed, and pff, just nothing went right for her. And that one that one hit the worst. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, when I say happier ending, is at least yeah. when it gets to the end of it, when it's the disturbing part of the electroshock, when she's no longer being shot. Yeah. She literally thinks that she's happy and winning money and that her son is fine. And that's how you end the movie. So she and her now erased mind thinks that everything was was wonderful. And so you can kind of go, well, that's a happy ending, but it's not really happy. Man, that's why I forewarned that I think everybody should watch this film. But one time's enough. I yeah. have seen it four times. Yeah, I, uh, I think I've only seen it twice. Everybody I've ever had to turn on to this ended up making me watch it with them. Ugh. So, and it's every time, I, it doesn't get easier. Like, it's never like it's never like watching kids, where <laughs> at some point in junction you find some of it funny, even though it shouldn't be funny. <sighs> kids is on that same list for me. Right, right. But, but think about it. There's, 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 portions, there's portions of that movie, other than the fact that they're young kids, so it gets a little hard now. I don't think I can watch it now. But and I haven't watched in over a decade. Yeah. But there's parts of that movie that get kind of fun, where you can kind of chuckle them off, even though they're not good. Like, come on, you still chuckle when it's it's just me, Casper. Oh no! <laughs> like, like, that like one. it's a fucked up scene, but that line will at least make you go, eh. <laughs> oh, that that one was a. Rough and then one. you realize, then you realize he's raping somebody with AIDS. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I digress. That's a different movie that maybe we'll talk about in the future for fucked up films. <laughs> I have no legs. That one, I, I'll, yes, I'll get behind. I have no legs. Or, or when they beat the shit out of the dude with the skateboard. Yeah. I mean, that's fun too. I'm just saying there is some, oh. some, some. I don't want to say lighthearted moments because that movie's also very serious. But there's way more than this movie. This movie just keeps hitting you with the bad, the bad. The bad, yeah. the worst, the worst, Does, the worst, the most worst. Yeah, yeah. And it's but it's brilliantly put together. Yeah. Like the score is amazing. The camera shots are amazing. The the, the story itself is beautiful. Yeah. Like it's so depressing and so de- you know whatever, but it's a beautiful story. You're you're literally being taken on the ride. I think this movie did. Uh, uh, this movie did what movies like Platoon would do for war. It's yeah. what this movie did for addiction. Because you really now are... It's really kind of what addiction looks like. Yeah. It's the face of addiction. Ron, you got to add anything to this? No, it's one of those movies, uh, kind of the same vein as, like, Go, because of how they shot it, where it's just, the you know, it's all the four stories yeah. all going around pretty much at the same time. And it, But, like you said, it's just one of those stories that you... Th- Think, like you said, you think it's going to end up being like, okay, somebody's going to get something. There's going to be a redemption story some, somewhere. Some, one, one out of four is going to have a redemption story. And then you just get to the end and you're just like, oh shit, none of the four. Like, and unfortunately, even now, like this this is the world of addiction. Yeah. Like, it, it, even back then, and this is what it, like, if, if you haven't had to deal with somebody with an addiction issue or lost somebody with an addiction issue, like, then, you know, God bless you. Like, but in this day and age, that's kind of hard to beat. Yeah. Craziness. But like I said, it is a beautiful film. But before we give our scores, before we turn it over and give the scores that we all know are coming, we have to do what we do here. And that is... Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That is right, it is time to play the game. Ronald squeaked out a victory last time, just by the the hair on his chin chin chin. 
But can Diesel regain the throne? It's been going back and forth this year. But it's simple. It's time to play the game. What we're going to do is we're going to give the scores from around the internet. These two gentlemen are going to give their guesses. Whoever comes, it's Price is Right rule, so whoever comes closest to the answer without going over earns the point. Except for if we have to go to the tiebreaker question, because the tiebreaker question is the closest to the number, because we must have a winner. We do not do ties here on the 3FN podcast. Also, uh, if that tiebreaker, because of some ties on things or wrong answers, has to be worth two points, so be it as well. So don't don't mess with it. We must have a winner. We must make it interesting. But let's dive right in. And because Ron's the current champion, that means the challenger goes first. Diesel, IMDB, out of 10, using points, what did they give Requiem for a Dream? Ooh. I'm going to go actually really high. 8.8. Ron. I wasn't thinking that high. I was thinking seven. So I'm just going to go back to like six just to <laughs> edge my bets. <laughs> well, with that being said, Ron gets the point. 8.3 out of 10. You busted. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't think it would be 8.3. <laughs> All right. Ron, for the win early on. I'm Metacritic, trying. out of 100%, what did they give Requiem? Uh, oh, 72. Diesel. I know I should go 73, but I, I want to nail this answer directly. It's really high. Critics love this movie. 86. 86, final answer. Yep. 68%. What the? So you both busted. Fuck. Was, this is a critics movie. Oh, I, I understand that. That's why I found it weird. Now, Rotten Tomatoes. This is combined score. Out of 100%, what did they give Requiem? Diesel, you go first. 79. <laughs> Ron. 50. So 50 and 79. Awesome! Diesel, you hit it right on the button. 79% to tie you up going into the tie breaker round. That's why you got the awesome set of the coin ring. All right. Here it comes down to this tiebreaker. Closest to the number. Period. Ron, Google users, out of 100%, what did they think? 76. Diesel. This is the one exception to the Google user oh, no. always rate high. No, no, it's another. It's it's. There's another exception. Because oh. <laughs> I lost by myself because of this. <laughs> All right, Diesel. 85. Your winner. Champion Diesel, by the way, Google users went high. 91%. Oh, I 91% of Google users like Requiem for a Dream. Now it is time to give it the nerd score. Of course, the nerd score is an entertainment-based score. I also will give my critic score at the end as well. But the nerd score is simple. It is how entertained you are by a film. We always give the example, but it's the best example for it. Maximum Overdrive. Myself and Ron, because Diesel doesn't watch movies like that, would give that movie a four out of five on the nerd scale. However, in reality, critical score, it's a two at best, and that's being generous. But it's a fun movie, so we like it a little more just because it's fun. There's other movies that fall into that category, but that's the one we choose to use. Of course, the nerd scale is as follows. A one on the nerd scale is just no. No, don't see it, don't watch it, don't waste your time. This movie is atrocious and horrible. Two on the nerd scale is You've Been Warned. That means this movie is subpar. It's not a good film. It's not It's not good at all. It's not bad enough to be the worst, but it's not good. You shouldn't watch it, shouldn't buy it, shouldn't rent it, but if you see it, you've been warned. Three is, yeah, it's good. That means it's an average film. It's a good film. That means you should watch it, 
But I want to go out of my way. I want to go to the theater to see it. You don't buy it on DVD. Maybe just rent it or watch it on a free Netflix uh, account when it comes up. Of course, that brings us into The Four Realm, and that four is a great movie. That is Just Take My Money, which means if it's in the theater, you should go to the theater to see it. Maybe even see it twice. You could buy it on Blu-ray. You could go ahead and uh, you know pay for it on Amazon, whatever. Add it to your rotation. It is a great movie that you are going to watch again and again, probably. And last, but certainly not least, in the five spot, it is called Certified Nerd, and it is the rarefied air. These are for the movies that are instant classics that will go down in history as great movies, in our opinions, that is. And this is saved for movies such as Avengers Endgame, such as Spider-Man No Way Home, and then last week, we had another installment. By the way, to be considered overall certified nerd, it has to be all three of us because myself and Diesel both thought last night in Soho was certified nerd. But since Ron didn't, it is not. we can't put the full stamp on it, just me and Diesel. But the last one, the clean sweep, happened just last week, the Batman certified nerd. So let's find out where Requiem for a Dream is. And I know I say Requiem really weird, but I, I've never been able to say that fucking word. So if you're making fun of me, that's fine. I don't care. I make fun of myself when I say it. With that being said, Ronald, on the nerd scale, what do you give Wrecker Room for a dream? I give it a three. It, you, need, you need to see this if you can handle it. But I, if you can't handle it, you don't. <laughs> like, okay. It's the best way I can put it. Yeah. I 100% get it. Diesel, what are you giving it? See, for, for me, this is like the reverse of maximum overdrive. I give it a high critic review. But I give it a two on the entertainment scale that we use, based of all our metrics. It's That's a, fine. But it is a beautiful movie, but it does not meet the metrics that we need to hit it in a standard movie. This is outside of the realm of our normal movies that we cover. So I'm not saying don't watch it, but it's not a rating entertaining movie. This is a weird one to yeah, go yeah, on this scale. Yeah. And I agree, but I'm going to agree with Ron. I'm going to give it a three for those reasons. It's not because it's a bad movie, because I'm going to give a critic score in a second that I think will show it. It's not a bad movie. It is a movie that I would, it, as a person who has unfortunately seen it multiple times, would not suggest it. Yeah. However, I would suggest seeing it as a beautiful film. It's very well written, very well shot. Arnowski does amazing work. Uh, my critic score for this movie is an eight out of ten. Yeah. This movie's phenomenal. As far as the movie, the storyline, the plot, how it plays out, how it's shot. Every, there's there's only a few complaints in the movie, and honestly, I do deduct some points for how depressing it is. I'm sorry. Any movie that does not make me... I don't have to feel good coming out of the theater, but any movie that makes me feel like suicide is an option, and I know that's not a joke, and I don't mean it to yeah. be a joke. Trust me, if you've seen this movie, that it's... is a legit concern, is, is, is never going to be high. But once again, the movie is so good... Based upon what it's about, I can't help but give it a high score. Yeah, I'm with you right there with an 8 out of 10 as a critic score. But the entertainment score, it it takes a toll on you. And there is, like, zero rewatchability because, oh, boy, it's a rough watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I There is there is not <laughs> – I don't think there is many things on this planet that uh, that will take the toll as it. There's only a few movies. Yeah. This and what is it? Laws of Attraction? Rules, or of, rules attraction. of Attraction. Yeah, Rules of Attraction. It's not as depressing. Close. But it's really close. Close. Uh, I would say Memento. Memento's a, it's a heavy uh, watch. It's an easier It's easier than this, yeah. but it's a heavy watch, especially because they take you on a nice little twist and turn. Most like the the Gus Van Sant movies, aside from uh, Good Will Hunting, like, um, what is it, Bully and... Bully, yep. 
and uh, the well, other kids, kids. Is, kids and Bully both are Gus Van. By the way, go both Gus Van Zandt yeah. movies if people didn't know. But yes, they're they're both very depressing. Not as depressing as this movie. Yeah. I guess I think the, the Rules of Attraction is the closest. Yeah. Is oh. the closest. But I don't know if anything is. But once again, it doesn't take. I, I hate to do the disservice. That's why I gave it a three and seven two. Yeah. I understand why you did it. But I hate to do this. This is a movie you should see. It's a yeah. good movie. It is actually a great yeah. movie. I just can't put it in a category because. Honestly, and I, we mean it with all heartedly. Do not go in this if you have problems yeah. watching stuff like this. Do not go in this if you're depressed. It is not going to make you feel good. Yeah. If, uh, well, I'm just saying, if you, if you don't understand someone with addiction, this is definitely one yeah. that you need to, even if you're just finding somebody in your family that has addiction, because uh, they hide it really well in the beginning. Trust me. Um, this one, or Beautiful Boy with Steve Carell, uh, is another one. I. I I just had a lot of stuff happen. These guys know over the yeah. years, so I'm sorry to be on this high horse, guys. I apologize, but you know something you need to see if you, to understand a little bit of addiction. Well, well, I'll get a little bit on a high horse here too as well, because I'm going to say this as somebody who's dealt with a, uh, dealing yeah. with people with addiction. I know Diesel as well. I'll say this: if you're one of those people who doesn't believe addiction is a fucking thing, watch this movie. Yeah, just give it a watch. And and, and I'm telling you, this is this is true to life. This isn't something that's just you know made up. Arnowski obviously did did his homework as he always does and hit the fucking nail right in the head. Uh, so I would say that I would say that, and that's not from place whatever. This would just help you understand what goes on in people's lives. Also, when I made the comment earlier about the suicide thing, if you do know, on all seriousness, if you know anybody uh, who is yeah. feeling down or suicidal or anything like that, make sure you make sure to give them the number one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. That's the suicide prevention hotline. Uh, we are we take mental health this yes. very very seriously on this show but that's why i said this is a movie if you're in that yeah. level i mean me who has never had those thoughts was like man life isn't worth living and i'm not saying that in the, in the way but this no. is a fucking crazy ass ending for a crazy ass film but it is a beautiful film and it is also very informal informational so i can't say to not see this i, I think you should it's, it's a great movie with that being said though that's probably like the saddest movie we've ever reviewed on this this show yeah like, but it, I think it had to be done eventually because, once again, I really do think there's an importance to see this film. Yes. Uh, with that being said, next week will be a little more lighthearted because next week, I know it came out this past week, but we, uh, due to work scheduling from Ron in the snowstorm and due to me and Diesel and whatever, uh, we didn't have a chance to see it. But we are going to be reviewing The Adam Project that just came out on Netflix on the 11th of March. We'll be going reviewing that next week in the 3FN Movie Club review and gearing up for the week after, which will be... Mobius, I do believe, right? Yeah, that mm -hmm. should be the week that that comes out. So we have got our next few movies lined up for you guys. It's going to be awesome. Uh, with that being said, it's time for us to pay them bills. It's time for some shameless plugs. That means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. Do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It is simple. Type three fat nerds into any podcast provider search bar and booyah kasha, there we are. Remember, for this and everything else, it is the number three, not the word three. And of course, while you're there at your favorite podcast provider, make sure you smash that subscribe or follow button so our show gets delivered to you each and every week automatically. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. Of course, we are also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Uh, just make sure you uh, drop some lines there. We always like to hear from you. And remember, whenever talking about the show on any social media, use the hashtag 3FNPod. And if you don't like my views on Batman's villains, you can email us, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. I will have Rich print them up so I can wipe my ass with your comments about Calendar Man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. With that being said, I got a double shot here. And of course, first up is twitch.tv slash Sixers on Podcast. Make sure you're following us over there because every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we come to you live 
Myself and Ken M. from the ODPH, talking all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Of course, you can hear that in podcast form by searching 607TWS wherever you get great podcasts, or you can drop in the chat and watch us live every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or you can watch the replay because we leave that up for the 14 days we get. Of course, with that being said, you can also make sure you're signed up and follow us because the three fat nerds for your extravaganza will be live on Twitch in April. So you're going to make sure you want to get ahead of that, plus pay-per-views and everything else. Of course, the other thing we have to mention now is if you would like to support us monetarily for as little as $1 a month, you can do that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. And for as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, including the three fat nerds podcast. You get it early, and it's the uncooked edition. That means there's extra bonus stuff that you don't get during the show of course it's unedited uncooked of course you also get horror zone 607 early and it's the unslashed edition so it means the same thing just kind of a fun play with words and you get 3fn after dark myself and diesel having some comedy having some fun and doing some big things that one's unclipped that one is unclipped although we use a lot of clips and this week dr derek's (laughs) gonna make his appearance on 3fn after dark because we're gonna record one of those on thursday so it's gonna be a lot of fun with that being said though that is all on patreon patreon.com slash 8122 Productions. You heard the man. Get on your Google machines. Get on your shiny new iPhones. Type in that search bar HTTP colon backslash backslash 81 double deuce P R O D U C T I O N S dot com. That's right. 8122Productions.com for all things 8122Productions. Find out more about the Three Fenders podcast, Horror Zone 607 and 607TWS. Also, while you're there, you can uh, get the link to our Tee Public store and buy yourself some awesome swag and help support the show and advertise for us as well because we appreciate that greatly. The links to the Twitch channel are on there, so is the Patreon link. Also, there is links to the friends of the show, such as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast and, of course, Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 26th and 27th in Vernon, New York at Vernon Downs Casino. We're going to be there. Hope to see you there as well. Of course, also on top of that, there's a section where all the musical acts that provide us with their music, we, we give them shout outs to make sure you know how to find them. Of course, we're going to give them a shout out right now. Shout out the robots who does our theme song. They're on there. Of course, Floodlands, Second Suitor, Tom Jolu, uh, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, and the Jasons from West Virginia. Thank you guys so much for letting us use your music. Once again, you can find all their information on the website under bands. And more importantly, you can find all of those great bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, we have our local sponsors who help us bring this show to you each and every week. Commercial free. First up is the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. That's right, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit DragonMasterGames.com on the World Wide Web. Also, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out what's going on at the shop, it's simple. Follow them on Facebook. Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rexter Rods Auto Detailing. Look at it, 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. And of course, you can follow them on Facebook as well, Diesel, because uh, we haven't done this in a while. Rex <laughs> to Rods. Because it's W-R-E-C-K-Z. The number two. R-O-D-Z. We need to cross brand Rex three rods. Rex three rods. <laughs> well, I mean, if we go by how many cars the Dino's right re- now, I'm joking. <laughs> he, he's not wreck cars. I just want to pick on him. All right, Ron, you're up. One out of ten stars. Brainwashed. I think many people just like to follow the hype. I wanted to like this movie. I even gave it a second chance, but it's just boring. The beginning was good till Elijah Wood jumped out of the grass. 
and they're on Frodo, and most of the other characters are just annoying. 13 Oscar nominations are way too much. And for the record, I'm not trying to be cool by not liking what everyone else likes. I just hope time will prove that it's overrated. One out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Never apologize for being a contrarian. (laughs) (laughs) That's how Diesel's lived his whole life. Exactly. (laughs) Contrarian, troll, same shit. (laughs) Same shit, whatever. All right, with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Hopefully we brought the funny, the entertainment, and you liked the insights. Or you didn't like the insights, you can send the hate mail to Diesel. With that being said, though... Uh, we'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, to bring you our movie review, plus all the latest in pop culture and nerdum. you know, our hot takes as fat guys on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, I only have one a couple things left to say to you. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and finally, later nerds. Later. I'm going to play with my nipples tonight. <laughs> Lord of the Rings just sucks. Yeah.